I'd like to welcome Zidane Mia, British Bangladeshi. And not only that, you are a professional football player from Bromley. Welcome to the Bromley Buzz. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Zinat. Do you know what? It's it's a real pleasure to chat with you because we were chatting um, off the podcast and my gosh, you've got quite a story, haven't you? <laughs> yes, yes I have. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and how this all began before we dive into the professional side of football. Okay. Um, so my name is Zidane Mir. I'm 21 years old. British born, obviously British Bangladeshi, uh, born Guy's Hospital in London. Um, grew up in grew up in London, um, Bromley to be specific. Um, went to Holbridge Primary School in Catford, and then I went to Farrington's, uh, which is literally in Chislehurst. I was actually telling your father that I was going to go there as a really? boarding school. Yes, and then wow. I, I begged and prayed not to send me away because I was living in Dubai at the time. Okay, wow. And, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really liked it. I, I mean, I was only there for start of secondary school in year seven mm-hmm. um, before moving out to the States. But I really, really liked it there. Um, I mean, just the school in general. And because it was a boarding school, it, you had people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we had a few people um, from Asia. Um, I, I think there's a few people there from the Middle East. Um, but it was really good um, because I hadn't been exposed to that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously new school secondary school um the big change as they say um and it, it was it was a pleasant surprise for me um and obviously the year after that i moved out to the states lived in america um lived in ohio for a year because i went on a um, sports and academic scholarship in the michael johnson performance center um and then from there i moved to um, texas dallas texas can i just ask you before um you move on any further was sports something that you've always been into no but funny <laughs> enough um when i was five um i started um well my dad would take me to the local pitch mm. and it would be like oh have a kick around and i used to come back crying um <laughs> and i tell that Sounds story like now american dads who drag their kids down well, the football it, pitch. <laughs> that's what people think but it was never like that because i mean the road we live on even now there's um football pitches at the at the end of the road um and they've got like small five-side pitches it's like your typical goals um and we've got one literally at the end of our road so it was like go have a kick about maybe that's a hobby because mm. my dad used to play semi-professional um okay. so it, it was it was more like go have a kick around and see if you like it sort of thing and i used to come back crying and i used to say no, no no i don't like it i don't like it and <laughs> my mom used to my mum used to tell my dad like stop taking him to football because he doesn't like it and then uh, it kind of stopped um, when I was five and then something clicked when mm. I was seven uh, I went to the David Beckham Academy um, and then after that I started going to um, my dad's football matches I used to kick the ball on the side uh, with like a couple of the subs um, or, and some of the other players and I started I started to really enjoy it um, but when I was five, and I think I stopped when I was six because I just didn't like it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what I, I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it and say it, it was something specific. Um, but I went, I really really liked it, um, and I went for the fun of it. I didn't go at seven years old thinking this is going to be my profession. I went right. So you didn't have that vision. You weren't one of those children like when I'm you know when I used to be a teacher. All the children say, I want to be a famous football player. That's all I want to do. You weren't like that then. <laughs> I, w- I was to some extent, but not that early on. Okay. Um, I think uh, when I was seven, eight, nine, it was more 
just playing for the fun of it. It wasn't, um, oh, if I don't go training, I'm I'm going to be upset sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it was just go have fun, go have a kick around. And then I think when I was, um, when I was 10 or 11 um, is when um, I thought, you know what, I, I want to be a footballer. This is this is what I want to yeah. do. Okay, lovely. So yeah, moving on. So you went to the states, mm-hmm. and um, you then moved to Texas. Yep. And tell us a little bit about that. You that were there was, on a scholarship, right? Yep. That was an experience in itself. Um, living, first of all, living away from family mm-hmm. um, because it was only my um, my mum and my younger sister um, mm-hmm. that went with me, and my dad and my older sister stayed. Um, stayed in England um, so it was it was really tough I think the first year was really hard on all of us because it was that separation mm. um, and living I mean yes there's FaceTime yes you can call people but something like when there's a wedding mm. and um, or something like when there's a family gathering you're missing it um, you do feel it um, well, Bromley's a lovely place <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to knock Bromley. I do love Bromley. I mean, every time I, it's where I call home. Um, even though I've lived in different places, and I still don't live in Bromley now. Um, it's where it's where I call home, um, and it was it was really tough. Um, but living in America is a complete um, different ideology in itself. Mm. Um, it's completely different. The lifestyle is completely different. The way we used to train, the way we used to play. I mean in the summer it gets up to nearly 40 degrees yeah. so you can see how that's different to where in Bromley it's like pretty much raining and miserable and cold every day <laughs> um, in the summer it is really nice I won't, I won't knock that um, but it, it was just um, little things that was just so different I mean America is so big and open I remember um, my, my school um, when we lived in Ohio it was almost like 20 miles away mm-hmm. I mean you tell that to somebody in England they're like what you used to travel 20 miles and it's like well everything's open everything's it's on it's on a motorway so 20 miles took maybe half an hour Mm. and that's maybe a typical journey to school for kids anyway yeah um it's just when you say oh it's 20 miles instead of three miles (laughs) it takes the same amount of time but it's just in people's head it's very fast yeah they don't get it um so living in america was i mean it was an experience that i'll keep cherish um for the rest of my life but um, it was definitely different, and I definitely loved it. Yeah, and you were there for about six years, and then you moved back to the UK. That's correct, yeah. Uh, back here in Bromley. Yep, that's where correct. Where you were signed up at Bromley FC. Yep, that's correct. Um, I'm a big fan of Bromley FC. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, have you checked out their new... Yeah, so their, their the building new... Um, and the academy. Their new stand. So when I joined... So I moved back, mm. um, and uh, I played for Bromley Football Club. And when I was there, that's when they were building that stand. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And I think literally just before COVID, if I remember right, is when they finished the stand. But they they put a new gym and everything inside. The gym wasn't finished yet, but I remember the stand was. Mm. And it has the big logo on it. Uh, It looks looks amazing compared to how it was before. I mean, that club's come on leaps and bounds from where it was five, ten years ago. so I've got only good things to say about Bromley. I, even now, I mean, I still keep in contact with um, some of the boys, Jack Holland, Alan Dunn, Mark Hammond, even the old manager, um, Smudge. I mean, uh, they all messaged me when um, 
when I when I got injured um, recently, oh, and it was quite funny. Alan Dunn and Mark Hammond they sent me um, they sent me a little video. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and <laughs> I saw a message, and it was a video of Alan, Alan Dunn um, just saying, "Look, get well soon, uh, and we hope you know your recovery goes well and everything like yeah. that." So I mean, I've got only great things to say about Bromley. And it's lovely that you had that opportunity to be there because unfortunately. Uh, you had a bit of an accident during a training session when you were there. Tell That's us a little correct. bit about that. That's correct. So um, when I was when I joined, um, it was it was more adjusting to life um, mm. back in England because obviously I'd lived out in the states, lived with my mum and my sisters, and it was more okay. You're not going to be living there no more. You're going to be living in England um, with my dad, um, and it was it was quite. I mean, obviously, I, I grew up in England, um, but I was away for an extended period of yeah. time. Six years is a long time. And then when I came back, it was sort of like nothing is how I remembered it because obviously life moves on. Yeah. Um, and it was more adjusting to the family life as well okay. um, because when my dad's here, he's, he's always busy. Um, uh, and it was more when I'm, in, when I'm in America, I always have someone around me. Um, mm. And it's not to say that I was alone here. It was just it was it was a different lifestyle yeah. in itself. Um, and when I joined Bromley Football Club, it was adjusting to all those things, and um, I was slowly, slowly get, getting used to it. And just uh, I think I was due to play my first game. Um, I think it was beginning of September. Um, so they gave me that sort of grace period to adjust and everything. Um, and Literally, I think, so I played in a friendly on the weekend, so this was Saturday, um, played great, scored scored a goal, had uh, an assist, uh, if I remember right, and I'm feeling good, mm. I'm sort of adjusted at this point, um, and Monday I go in, they say, look, we've got a game on the weekend, we want you to play, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I feel good now, and on Tuesday, in training, um, I had a really bad tackle um from one of my ex teammates mm-hmm. and I tore my meniscus um yep. and mm-hmm. that was um that was a shock because mm. I, I at that point I'd never had I'd never had an operation never had a, a big injury to the point where um it disabled me because mm. I wasn't able to walk I wasn't able to um be independent um basic things like I, I mean it was my right knee so I couldn't drive yeah um, meniscus are pretty yeah <laughs> and to be fair I was lucky that I didn't do my ACL at the same time yeah. um because typically uh, a lot of times when you do your meniscus you do the ACL mm. and when you do your ACL you do meniscus um and it was it was tough because I'd never been through that experience I'd never been um to where a doctor says you know you need to have an operation mm. um i'd never been immobilized to that degree uh, i mean i've had injuries before of course um but it wasn't um nothing to major extent, it, yeah. I, I mean i've had knee injuries but i could still walk mm. um uh, that sort of thing I, i've had muscle injuries but i'd never when i went in and they said look you're going to be out for um maybe eight months i thought what do you mean? I mean, the longest injury I, I'd had to that point, I think, was six or eight weeks. Yeah. Nothing longer than that. So when you go from two months all the way up to eight months, potentially 12 months, yeah. um, it, it's it's really hard to hear. Um, and it's quite funny. They gave, me, they gave me the option. They said, look, we can stitch your meniscus back together or we can um, cut it out. And 
um, you know, when you grow up, you're going to have like bone on bone. Yeah. Um, and I said, okay, well, what's the difference in recovery time? Recovery time is six so weeks. you're thinking about the football. I'm thinking about here and now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the recovery time was uh, six weeks. Mm. I said, just do that. I said, I, I don't care. But when up. it's 10 years down the line, it's 10 years down the line. That's yeah. not my worry now. And it was actually the people around me uh, and my family especially that said, look, don't be stupid. Mm. Because um, you might you might be okay now, but you don't want to have to retire when you're 30 years old. I mean, mm. I think it was uh, Jamie Redknapp I saw the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he posted um, on his social media platforms and he said he was having a knee replacement and he had to retire at um, the age of 30 because he had a meniscus injury. Yeah. And he, he made the decision to take it out. And he said, look, it hampered him for the rest of his career because he was going into the physio at, um, at stupid hours um, and he never really quite felt the same. Um, I mean, touch wood, I've been absolutely fine since mine. Uh, and I'm very, very grateful for the people around me that said, you know what, they, it's going to be a lot longer, but in the long term, in the long term, it, it, it worked out a lot better. And to be fair, it, that happened in September um, 2019. And I literally, so I, I had the operation and everything, um, and then I literally came back the week of lockdown. So, oh no! Okay. I, so, so ready to go. So back I, at Bromley FC. I was, ba- I was back in training, <laughs> beginning of March, uh, back with the squad and everything, and then um, I think we had a we had a game on Sunday, and on f- that Friday, um, the whole country went into lockdown, mm. and obviously everything got cancelled and. Um, and we all know what happened after that. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Downhill from there on. Exactly. But anyway. <laughs> um, so that was that. And it was it was more the mental barrier of, I know my knee's okay, but you know what? Is it going to be okay in a game? Yeah. Is it going to be, you know what? When somebody has a really rash tackle, is it going to hold up? And it was it's actually um, the, the surgical side. My right knee is actually stronger than my left knee. Um, even though my mind was playing tricks on itself yeah. um, to think that it's not strong enough because there, there was no way that they would send me back when it's not. Yeah. Um, and it was more in my head, is it going to be okay? Mm-hmm. I, and it's the same now, even with my Achilles. I mean, um, we I, I ruptured my Achilles back in uh, May 2022, yeah. at the end of last season. And... Um, the left Achilles, the surgical side, is actually stronger than the right. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, you've got more chance of rupturing your right Achilles than rupturing your left one again. Um, but it's more the, the mental side of it yeah. now. Mental state plays a massive um, part of recuperation as well. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. What did you do in that space? Um, I mean, were you ready to go back to Bromley or did you decide that you wanted to divert in a different direction then? I mean, how did that work? So lockdown, um, we were all given like uh, a workout plan to do. And it was basically, nobody had access to a gym. And if you did, you were really lucky. Um, (laughs) And at that point, the uh, gym within the club wasn't made yet. Um, So it was, it was really tough. Um, And especially for me coming back from the injury, a lot of it was go run in the park. because that was the only um, base of cardio we could really get um, that would emulate training. And because I'd, I'm coming back off a knee injury, it was... Walking it, a bit of football around with your dad. 
Yeah, well, my my dad was actually my dad was actually um, stuck in uh, America. He, oh my goodness! He went okay. to um, he went to visit uh, he went to visit my mum uh, and my sisters, and um, basically he got stuck there from March all the way until June. Wow! Okay. Uh, because there was there was no flights because everything was shut down, um, and if if there was a flight, I mean, from Dallas you had to fly. It was like it was stu- just yeah, it was stupid connections. Like you had flight. to go away in Chicago mm. for like three days or yeah. something, and. Uh, there was still no guarantee that that flight would go ahead mm. um and i think when even when dad did come back uh, i went to pick him up from the airport and it was like heathrow was like a ghost town i mean yeah. any floor any parking spot you wanted you could take because there was nobody that i mean we went last week to drop um my mom and sisters off because they were going back to america and i mean we struggled to find parking the other day compared that to back then um it was literally like minimal minimal stuff yeah, um and it was like it's like a free-for-all you could just go in and um, (laughs) exactly so you once lockdown lifted Hmm. what were what were your plans then so when lockdown lifted this was 20 middle of 2020 yeah and then we went back into lockdown Hmm. um i basically so my contract with Bromley Football Club had ended and because of the whole COVID situation, um, they, they unfortunately had to let a lot of players go. Right. Um, and I think, you, I can't remember how many. It was, it was, was quite, that it was quite during the lockdown they let players go? Up, exactly, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and I think a lot of players from the league system dropped out anyway mm-hmm. because a lot of players were out of contract and because you couldn't train, because you couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, a lot of players were coming down to the non-league side. Um so football was in a really, really weird place back mm. then. Um, and because I wasn't um, fully recovered from my injury, it, I was, but then I ne- I'd never, I hadn't played in a game yet. Mm. Um, so we thought it was it was best just to keep training and get myself fit. Um, and then we actually ended up going out to Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the beginning of, um, when we went back into lockdown, beginning of 2021, mm, February. Um, yeah. February. And, I went there because a contact we had through America um, was actually Chris Bone, uh, Chris Bowman. Um, he was living out in a, in um, Dubai and he was training elite athletes. And he actually had a lot of players there because um, everybody was in lockdown. A lot mm. of players were out of contract, um, and that was the only place really because because in I think January twenty twenty one, everything kind of it went into that tier system. Yeah, and. Bromley and the surrounding areas, we were all in tier four, so gyms were closed, um, you couldn't really do much, it was like full lockdown again. Mm. Um, so it was really tough for me to go and get training somewhere and keep fit and stay on top of everything. Um, and then we went out there and um, I had a trial with Al Nasser, um, which is the biggest... It is, yeah. The biggest or one of the biggest clubs in the UAE. Um, it's not the same club as where Ronaldo's gone now. That's, no, no, that's, that's another a, story. That's a oh, slightly, <laughs> that's a slightly different spelling. Because when yeah. I say that to people now, they're like, "Oh, I say, yeah, you went there." No, 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 no. I, did, I didn't go there. Um, so I had a trial there and um, went really well, and they were looking to sign me. But um, and then um, an agent uh, that was there, he saw me and he took me on trial at Real Vallecano, um, and. The rest is history. Now yeah, I live in Spain. So I play for them. Um, so yeah, all the way in Spain. Well, yep. not all the way. I should say just round the corner. Yeah, just actually. round the corner. So you decided not to take up the offer at Al Nasser in the UAE, but mm-hmm. Spain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so you've been there how long now? 
I signed in um, July, mm -hmm. August 2021. Um, mm -hmm. So this is my second season with them. Um, and obviously, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm nursing an injury at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that injury happened out there? That It, it <laughs> happened. It was uh, the second to last game of the mm -hmm. season. Um, and it happened, I think, it was in the game. And I think it was like 70th or 80th minute of the game. And it was just, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Again, out for, uh, for some time. But yeah. on the positive, you are soon to be going back out there again. Absolutely. Very, so, um, ready to go. When, when the injury happened, they told me uh, 9 to 12 months. Mm. At least 8, they said. But 9 to 12 at least. Um, that, that's what they were thinking of, 9 to 12. And um, it's been 6 and a half. And I'm... Um, I'm due to start back with the squad next Monday, um, so I think that's the uh, 23rd um, of January, so looking forward to it. Yeah, um, fantastic. I mean, I wish you all the best. I mean, I love thank you. Spain, I love Madrid, I lived there for seven years, yeah. as I told you earlier on. Um, would you ever come back to Bromley and sign with them again if they offered it? <laughs> well, the thing is, in football, you never say never. You never say never, and like I said before, I've I've got only great things to say about yeah. the club. Um, I mean, uh, obviously, I've played for them. I have history with them, um, and it, I love the manager, who, Andy Woodman, right now. He's I've absolutely wonderful. I've never met him. Yeah, I've um, met him a few times, and I, I've seen good things. Um, so, I, look, I would never say never. Um, mm. I'm enjoying my football currently where I'm at, yeah. um, but. Bromley is home, yeah. so I couldn't say yes or no. <laughs> Look, um, I'll say maybe. Maybe. Always Let, keep the options see. open, um, right? And, and that's I, the beauty about being in the position that you are, that absolutely. you've got your options open, because um, you never know. Um, in terms of, uh, oh, it's just literally slipped my head. I was going to say, what are you most proud of? What are you most proud of? What am I, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been... I've never been asked that, I don't think. Um, <laughs> what am I most proud of? Well, obviously, I'm grateful for the life experiences that I've had um, living in or growing up in London and Bromley um, and then living out in the States, living in Ohio, then living mm -hmm. in Texas and now living in Spain. Um, I'm grateful for everything that I've been through um, in terms of um, the injury, the football journey. Um, I'm grateful for the person that I've, I've become. Um, and I think I'm most proud of signing in Spain. Um, I, I would say that because it's, it's a great achievement and to, to be away from family. Mm. Um, when I first heard, or when I had the thought that I was gonna be living alone, I thought that'd be really tough, but I actually enjoy it, yeah. not not in a not in a bad way. Um, <laughs> Get up to all sorts. No, I, literally the the time constraint that I'm under is it's almost difficult. it's almost yeah. impossible. I mean, um, I get asked all the time uh, by family that come to Madrid, like, what is there to do in Madrid? And I say, look, I don't know, mm. because I know where the airport is, I know where the training ground is, I know where mm. I live, I know where the gym is, and that's it yeah. basically, um, because I don't know, I don't go out, um, and even days that we do have off. You just think, oh, I just want to stay at home. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go see, and I don't want to walk around and see the city. Um, but, um, do you know what? I think for a twenty-one-year-old, you have such resilience 
and such a great mindset and you've you know you've been for someone who's only had 21 years of living mm-hmm. at the moment you've I mean you've got your whole life ahead of you you've um, gone through two major injuries you've um, like you said you've been to different places like countries to uh, experience your football to get where you are and now you're in Spain in Madrid Vallecano um, professionally playing football for them I mean what 21 year old wouldn't want that it's almost like a dream come true really if you speak to young people now they're like mm-hmm. oh wow yeah. yeah. So, and thinking of that, I mean, who is your inspiration? Who uh, inspires you? I've always been a big Ronaldo fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's a big debate, Messi or Ronaldo, and obviously mm-hmm. uh, Messi's recently won the World Cup. Yeah. Um, look, taking nothing away from Messi, um, <laughs> amazing, amazing player, of course. I mean, everybody knows that. Um, but to me, I still admire Ronaldo. Um, he might not be seen as the greatest of all time now because obviously Messi's won the World Cup and he's won mm. um, everything there is to win. But just the work rate and um, how hard he, like, what he, what he put himself through when he was mm. so young. Um, and then obviously moving to Manchester, playing for Manchester. I mean, I'm a Manchester United supporter as well, um, which is another reason why I love him. Uh, and just everything that, he's done in his career mm-hmm. I mean he's gone to different countries and he's won wherever he's gone yeah. um, obviously he's in Saudi Arabia now um, but I think just very he's very inspirational the way he carries himself off mm-hmm. the pitch as well um, so there's not that normal stigma or that perception of what a footballer is and he's very different from that exactly I mean e- e- even even that stigma I think that's kind of outdated mm. um, because it should be <laughs> it, a lot of people think you know what oh you go out you party you, you know what you play football for a living and um, there's all this stereotype around mm. it but if you think um, of what we actually do day to day and how many people I mean it's always said there's always someone waiting to take your shirt I mean I've been out since um I mean, the whole of this season, yeah. someone's been playing in my position. Yeah. Um, and when I go back, it's my job to get that shirt back. Absolutely. Um, mm. So there's always someone waiting behind you, knocking at the door. And if you think how competitive it is, there's, you don't want to be going out. And I mean, like I said, I haven't even been out to see the city. Mm. Um, so you don't want to be going out and um, enjoying it. Of course, you have um, your time to where you're away from football, but mm. it's always in the back of my mind. Um, and we're always told, almost every day, it's not what you do on the pitch, it's what you do off the pitch. You're So the, the, the club yeah. tell you, look, we're training you for two hours. You're going to be here for an hour mm. before, an hour afterwards, okay, four hours. But you're on that pitch for two hours. What are you doing that 22 hours you're off this pitch? Mm. Are you sleeping for six hours? Are you sleeping for eight hours? Are you mm. sleeping for 10 hours? Are you eating the right things? Are you doing the right extras? Are you doing too much? Are you not doing enough? And there's a whole multitude of things mm. um, they tell you. And obviously the club tell you um, what they expect from you and what they need from you but then no footballer always sticks to that it's always what do you do away from that what extras do you do like it's it's not always oh I've had a terrible session you know I'm going to go for a 5k run tonight it's not always that because the next day you're expected a high high level and if you've gone and done something extra Mm. um, and uh, like you've exerted yourself and the next day you're expected to to go and train at the highest level and you're tired 
it's not gonna you get you get shouted at why didn't you make that run and you can't say oh because you know what i had a bad session yesterday and then i decided to go do a 5k run well that's not good enough sometimes less is more sometimes you've got to do that 5k sometimes you've got and it's it's finding that balance taking accountability and ownership exactly the balance um one last thing I want to ask. If you had to give some advice to the young football players, or if you were going to go down to Bromley Football Club and speak to all the upcoming footballers and about, you know, because they've obviously got a vision of being the next Ronaldo or the next Messi or, you know, what would your advice be to them? Um, it would be just to enjoy it because a lot of... Um, a lot of footballers or a lot of young footballers nowadays, they think is football is the be all and all um and they don't actually enjoy the process um and i mean people are put under immense pressure these days uh, i know i met somebody quite recently i think back in um back in the summer he was saying oh his son is five and he, he doesn't like football and he's not enjoying football but he's pushing him to take it's like your son's your son's five, five. yeah you know let him have some fun let him uh, enjoy the game let him fall in love with the game because you know and I always say this um, if I didn't love what I do I wouldn't do those extras I wouldn't mm-hmm. wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning I, w- I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't do those extra runs I wouldn't do the extra stuff that I do I wouldn't be playing football if I didn't love what I do um, so you've got to, you've got to almost enjoy it and not think of it you know I'm going to be a footballer mm-hmm. one day just enjoy the process um, yeah. I mean I see a lot of footballers now that are nine ten eleven and you know they put themselves under immense pressure mm-hmm. because they think oh if i don't make it to football i, I don't know what i'm going to do with yeah because there is that pressure i mean when we um the bromley bars interviewed andy woodman mm-hmm. about football and he mentioned very much so that you know that they also look at different aspects of a footballer because they come in they're all wanting to be the next professional but there's something like one in 10 or 1 in 20 that actually make it not everybody can make it it's less than that I think it's, is it less than that I <laughs> yeah. think, I'm not sure the official stat I think it's like 1 in 10,000 or something yeah it's just it was interesting to something hear what he was saying and how he has to work with the, the mindset of the players at the club absolutely because I mean you get you get players of all talent mm. so you can have um, you can have two two players with the exact same ability but if somebody's mindset is different, that that's going to set mm. you apart from the other player. I mean, if it, if it is one in ten thousand, think of those ten thousand. They all have to have some ability, and they all have to have decently good ability. It's what is going to separate you, yeah. and that's that twenty-two hours. What do you do off the pitch? And it's all the it's all the one percent. Mm. And then if you want to go into more details, all the, the zero point one percent. Yeah, I'm going um, on to all those details. Exactly. So it's always the it's always the little things that you do that add up over time. Brilliant. Do you know what, Zidane? It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I pr- could probably talk to you all <laughs> morning and afternoon. There's so much to you. And mm-hmm. do you know what? As I said earlier on, you've got such great positivity. Your mindset is incredible for what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wish you all the best in your future. Thank I really you. do. Looking forward to either coming to Madrid, an excuse <laughs> to come to Madrid now and see, yeah. um, and see you playing. So, yes, Thank good you. luck in your future. Thank you.